I'm unscrewing the end plate now. Okay, okay. One, two. Damn. Third one seems to be stuck. I can't move it. Ah, got it. Ah, could have been nasty. Had to put a lot of pressure on her. Not to worry though, she's still ticking away. Up you come, my beauty. Top plate is off. It's clear. She's still ticking. Thank heaven she wasn't double fused as I expected. Just reach in now. Disconnect the terminals from the battery. And we are home and dry. She stopped. She stopped. Sergeant, keep everyone down. I'm coming out. The running stopped. Right, cut that. Well, that was very good, Doug. Okay, print that one. Fine, fine. How did that feel, Doug? It sounded very authentic. <laughs> Felt it. Whole <laughs> thing was going up any moment. <laughs> <laughs> And with the Angus Prune tune, we once again like the fuses under Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bilotti. And here, not with a bang but a whimper, is John Otto Cleese. I'm sorry. I'll read that again. Again. <laughs> Well, it's hello and welcome to Kensington Gardens on the first historic day of the Dwarf Olympic Games. <laughs> Here in the shadow of Peter Pan, it's the patter of tiny feet. As far as the eye can see, it's dwarfs. Yes, dwarf upon dwarf. And first for a description of this morning's opening ceremony, David Trollman. And what a day of ceremony it's been, from the moment when the American diminutive Earl King staggered onto the track with a lighted match brought by several million dwarfs from the nearest Greek <laughs> restaurant, from the moment when he held the match aloft and fell into the Olympic flame, <laughs> or when the British team came marching in, all under one trilby, to the stirring music of Rip Van Winkle in his Pixieland band, and there's no music like no music, from early on it's been quite a day. Yes, but a bad day for British medal hopes. Not one of our athletes has managed to climb the rostrum to receive a gold medal. And of course our low jump champion was run over by a garden roller, and he's now too tall to qualify. <laughs> but now for some detailed results, over to Kenneth Wollstone Gnome. And... <laughs> And what a day for British dwarfs. We've already won the putting the marble, tossing the needle and the hop, step, jump, skip, hop and jump <laughs> with a new record of one foot four inches. <laughs> Our own little Robin Goodfellow has won the three-legged race, all on his own, <laughs> just ahead of three one-legged dwarfs from Silesia. Half a six-legged dwarf from Croatia was disqualified as being not so much a dwarf, more of an insect. <laughs> Jack the Mannequin. And finally, news of a sensation in the walking event. The Indo-Cuban imp won the race easily, but when they unwrapped his long beard, he was found to be riding a bicycle. <laughs> well, that's it from the Dwarf Olympics. But remember the proud motto emblazoned on the flag that flutters so proudly high above the stadium. Half an inch, half an inch, half an inch onward. <laughs> that there has been a serious breach of discipline. One of you girls has been seeing a lot of a young man. <laughs> a young man athletically built with dark hair, 
has only gone this far, has been seeing what this young man. <laughs> when you all know it is for me. <laughs> but worse than this, somebody has betrayed a trust, has broken a bond between two young people. And this was worse than breaking rules. This was betraying trust. I am easily betrayed, I know it. But I am quick to forgive. <laughs> if this flip of a girl, this brazen huggy, this contemptible netball player, will give me her word never again to see darling Roger, I will take no further action. But if she will not, then I will have no option but to have her expelled. Think of me in this as one who has loved not wisely, but too well. Only to find myself betrayed by a younger girl. The love between a man and a woman is something noble and mature. What this child offered him is not worth considering in polite society. <laughs> well, Cynthia, do you own up or do I scratch your ruddy eyes out? People will tell you that the great thing about good writing is the silent communication between man and horse. The great thing about good writing is the silent communication between man and horse. Thank you. But it's not true. It's not silent at all. Take show jumping, for instance. It's quite simple, really. They just talk to each other all the way round. And now we join Tim Brown Windsor on his horse Radish as they, <laughs> as they are about to enter the ring. Come on, Radish, let's 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 get in there. Look, stop digging me in the ribs. Sorry. Come on, you just had lunch. <laughs> I'll start me on good time. Now, have I got everything? Noseband, blinkers, rider. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's get out there. Thank goodness for that. Please, Radish, don't play me up today. Here's the bell, come on. Look at this mud. No, oh, I'm not getting out in this. I've got new shoes on. Please concentrate. The first jump is coming up. Oh, stop panicking. It's a very easy one. I think I'll do it with my eyes shut. Please, Radish. Please, here we come. Here we come. Right. Good. Now it's the triple bar next, so watch what you're doing. You're a great idiot. You're on the wrong foot. Look, it's all very well for you. You've only got two feet. <laughs> I've got four to choose from. Stop chattering and get a move on. Oh, what's the rush? Is it against the clock or something? Yes, it is. Sorry. <laughs> Here's the next one. <laughs> you might have warned me about the water. Sorry. How am I supposed to know it's that? I'm soaked. No, no, this is too much. No, I refuse to go on. I'm stopping. Please don't. I promise you that there's nothing on the other side of the next one. Well, I've only got your word for it. Jump off. I'll walk round and have a look. <laughs> Could be a minefield. Don't be ridiculous. Look, apart from anything else, I don't like the look at those bricks. Are they real? Of course they're not. Well, I hope you're right. I don't want to stub my hoof. Please, please come on, then. Oh, all right. Uh, oh, that wasn't bad, was it? Oh, I suppose not. Hang on, hang on. What's this? It's a perfectly simple gate. Well, get off and open it, then. <laughs> it's a fence. You have to jump. Oh, how ridiculous. Let me jump in doors next. Stop fooling. 
Good. Now, it's quite a long way round to the last pencil. Oh, well, I'll tell you a joke then. I heard in the stable this morning. There was a gelding, a stallion, and a mess. Save your breath. This is the last one. Can I say hook this time? No, you can't. Spoil sport. Huh? Great. We did it. We did it. We, we did, did it. it. I like that. Time now for another very boring song from Bill. I've got the shortest legs in the business, Oddie. <laughs> he made it up himself. I first met her when she asked to join the trad band. I encouraged her, which may seem strange to you. She had no legs or hips, but you should have seen those lips after playing trombone for a week or two. And one day I got back home and found a message She caught it on my banjo with a knife It said I feel insecure and I'm tired of being poor And I hear Bob Dylan's looking for a wife That's why my baby's become a folk singer I can't seem to find her no how Well, she sings of being free, but I wish it weren't for me Well, there ain't no use in looking for her Now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The end of the show! <laughs> Come back with us now to Merry England in the Middle Ages. In days of old, when men were bold and spent their time in doing good, there lived in Sherwood Forest a man called Robin Hood. No, you could sing. Oh. <laughs> Over now to the outlaw's hideout. Why, Maid Marion, what are you doing here? Oh, Papa, you caught me unaware. I never touched them, madam. <laughs> But this is no place for a young lady, let alone an old bag like you. Oh, I'm looking for Robin. Do you know where he is? I think he's under the greenwood tree. Oh, good, I'll go and find him. I should wait till he comes out. Robin, no, yes. Here he comes. Why, if it isn't Maid Marion, come here, you lovely creature. No, stop it, Robin, she'll get jealous. That's Maid Marion over there. Ah, <laughs> well, so it is. I mean, let us sit down on this mossy bank. I'm exhausted. Why, sir? I've been hunting bear all afternoon. <laughs> and I'm frozen. <laughs> But of course, my dear, but I shall need a new bow. Why? My hair's such a mess. <laughs> what was that? I think I'd bust my corset. <laughs> no, 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 look, it's a message with an arrow attached. What does it say? Made in Japan. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 the message. It says, here comes Will Scarlet. 
Robin! Robin! Oh, sucks, it's Will Scarlet. <laughs> Robin, there's a stranger in the woods. What's he doing? He's hunting deer. Is he really ducking? <laughs> Didn't you recognize him? Yes. It looked like Sir Angus of the Pruhoon. Sir Angus of the Pruhoon. This is our chance. We shall ambush him, take his clothes, then I shall go to Nottingham, disguised as Sir Angus of the Pruhoon, and win, win the archery competition. But you don't look a bit like Sir Angus. That's all right. He doesn't look like me. <laughs> now then, let's gather the outlaws. Little John! Little John! Little John! Little John! <laughs> Ah, ah, there you are. We're going to ambush Sir Angus of the Brooklyn. Goody, goody, gander. I'll go get my quarter star. Why haven't you got a whole one? Well, we'd rather short star. That is no excuse. It's not even a joke. Oh, well, I'd better fetch my arrows and quiver. On second thoughts, I'll quiver first. <laughs> right. Come, lads! So Robin and his merry men did hasten through the green wood, and there they did prepare to trap Sir Angus of the Friar Tuck, is everything ready for Sir Angus? Yes, it is, Robin. Old little John across the road to block his path. And Will Scarlet is hiding in the bushes. Don't tell me he's torn his trousers again. <laughs> now, Robin, we're all going to lie concealed. And then when Sir Angus comes along, we'll surprise him. How? We'll all jump out wearing false noses and sing happy days are here again. <laughs> good work, Tuck. Tuck, good work. And here comes Sir Angus now. Sing a fold And she was mistress of her art. A willikins, wallikins, rhubarb tart. Hold hard there, Sir Angus. Get off that horse. Oh, I'm not riding a horse. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a water buffalo. But why, but why are you riding a water buffalo? Oh, it's quicker than walking. Be that. Be that as it may, you're coming along with us. Tonight you shall be our guest of honour at a banquet under the greenwood tree. You'll enjoy it. We're having water buffalo. Oh, but aren't you going to rob me? Wait till you get the bill. But we want, we want more than your money. We want your clothes. My clothes? But what will I wear? Don't worry. I'll lend you a suit of homespun Lincoln Green, which we make ourselves. How do you make Lincoln Green? Give him a dose of castor oil. You <laughs> unprincipled rogue. The sheriff of Nottingham shall hear of this. He listens every week. He and I are, he and I are very close. In fact, he's probably even closer than I am. Yes, yes, the sh sheriff is a green. The old miser. Think. Think of all the tax he gets from the peasants. Well, he needs something to keep his carpets down. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he's not all that unfair to the peasants. He only takes 50% of their corn. So that's where he gets his material. <laughs> and so next morning, Robin Hood, disguised as Angus of the Prune, together with Maid Marion, set out for Notting Hue. <laughs> Sheriff, Sheriff, it's me, Grimbling, your faithful bailiff. <laughs> oh, Sheriff, oh, Sheriff, I bring you grave news, sir, grave news. I've ridden day and night for the last half hour <laughs> to bring you this news. Robin Hood has arrived in Nottingham, disguised as Sir Angus of the Poon for the archery contest. Robin Hood here in Nottingham? <laughs> 
You are done well, Brimbling. Here, take this tennis racket for your services. <laughs> Thank you very much, Your Robin Hood at last in my clutches. Grimbling, have him brought to me, dead or alive. And preferably both. But, sir, sir, he's too wily. He may have been too clever in the past, but this time, Grimbling, you mark my words. Ten out of ten. Thank you. <laughs> this time, Grimbling, he will not grasp so easily through my slip. <laughs> This time, Grimbling, I have a plan. A plan? Yes, I have a plan. A plan. I have a plan, Grimbling. A plan? Yes, Grimbling. I shall set a trap for Master Hood, and he will walk innocently and unsuspecting into it. Then, when he's in my trap, do you know what I shall do? Cut your trap. Grimbling. <laughs> and so they came from far and wide to Nottingham that afternoon. To find out which among them was the best shot with a bone arrow, <laughs> leg and spoon. Ah, well, Grimbling, there seems to be a good crowd here yeah. for the tournament. Yes, sir. I say, what's that going on over there? Ah, uh, that's Morris dancing. Yes, I've been a little worried about Morris. <laughs> yes, sir. Wait a minute. Look, sir. Over there. That's him. That's who? Robin. Robin who? Robin the rich. Why? To give to the poor. But how do you know? I recognize his legs, sir. I know those legs anywhere. Those are his legs, all right. Don't bandy legs with me, Grimley. <laughs> now, come along. If all goes well with my plan, Robin Hood will ride no more. <laughs> You have to walk. <laughs> no, Skip. No. Robin! Robin! Here I am, Marion. Oh, I didn't recognize you. That black patch over your left eye was a brilliant idea. Yes, but I'm not so happy about the black patch over my right eye. <laughs> oh, Robin, are you sure we'll be all right? I don't feel safe. Don't worry, my dear. You're with me. That's why I don't feel safe. <laughs> the contest is beginning. My lords, ladies, and gentlemen, the archery tournament is about to commence, so kindly take your seats and put them on the chairs provided. <laughs> Each contestant will fire one arrow only, individually at the target, and one at a time and no more. Any contestant firing more than one arrow is a dirty cheat. The target shall be at 100 paces, not more than 50 of which shall be backwards. And the winner shall receive 50 pieces of gold, very tiny pieces of gold. The first contestant is Sir Richard of Pukesley. What a terrible shot. Yes, darling. Hold still, I'll pull it out. Ah, thank God. And the next contestant is Sir Angus on the blue. Oh, it's your turn, Robin. Good luck. Thank you. What are we aiming at? That big target there in front of the castle. What castle? <laughs> oh, oh, well, here goes. Right in the bullseye. <laughs> you won, Robin. Oh, Robin, I could kiss. I say steady on. <laughs> well, I'd better go and collect the prize money from the sheriff. Excuse me, are you the sheriff? No, I am a deputy sheriff. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> you are the sheriff, he's over there. Ah, yes. Sheriff, I have come to claim the prize money. Not so fast, Sir Angus. Oh, all right. 
Sheriff, I have come to claim the prize. Sir Angus, before I give you the money, before I give you the money, I must ask you to look at what I have in this casket. But it's ticking. What is it? (laughs) Open it and see. What shall I do? So you hesitate, guards. Arrest this man. But why? Because I know that you are Robin Hood. Wrong, Sheriff. I am really Angus of the Proon. Disguised as Robin Hood. Disguised as Angus of the Proon. I don't believe it. It is true. It is true. The man who called himself Sir Angus, you will find tied under a tree disguised as Robin Hood. I won't even ask you why a tree should be disguised as Robin Hood. <laughs> Just as well. But in that case, where is the real Robin Hood? Robin Hood? He doesn't exist. Robin Hood's just a legendary figure. Really? And what's, what's more, the Sheriff of Nottingham doesn't exist either. Oh, don't I? <laughs> of course not. So just drop that silly voice and be your natural self. Aye, aye, Jim Lad. <laughs> With the Angus Prune tune, we end another edition of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again, which was written this week by Graham Garden, Peter Hutchins, Eric Idle, Peter Vincent, and David McKellar. The voices you heard were those of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bill Oddie, who also wrote the songs. The music was provided by Dave Lee with arrangements by Leon Cohen. I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again is produced by Humphrey Barclay. Would you believe it? Well, seeing's believing. Yes, have you seen it? Sure. <laughs> anyway, that's it until the same time again next week when John Otto Cleese will say once again with that charming smile of his. Cheese? <laughs> <laughs>